You're listening to Redemption City Church. For more information, check us out at redemptioncitychurch.com. Redemption City Church. Great to have you with us and all those that are watching online, Facebook Live. However, this is coming to you. We're delighted to have you with us. Um, I'm going to continue this morning. As I said last week, we're going to start a little mini series called Being the Church. And uh, this is part three. Where we jumped off uh, two weeks ago was that the church is the only thing Jesus is building, leading, and coming back for. Andrew picked up on it last week out of the Matthew 16 text, explaining that it was to the church that God had given the keys of the kingdom to administrate his, his grace, his mercy, his love, to get the gospel to the nations of the world. And that certainly is part of our mandate, is taking the gospel to the nations through church planting, taking care of the poor, the orphan and widows, and to recognize, raise up and release leaders, not just for Redemption City Church, but also from Redemption City Church, not just um, in, in spiritual matters, but to see leaders come through in all aspects of society. And I want to say this, that if all of that is true, um, if it is, if the church is the only thing Jesus is, is building, leading and coming back for, and if it is to the church that Jesus has given the keys of the kingdom, then I would say surely we would see the church in a different light. The church is called the bride of Christ, yet some treat her like the ugly sister. The church is called the bride of Christ, and some treat her as if she's the bridesmaid. Now, the bridesmaid is at the wedding. She's all dressed up. She's on the altar, but she's a sideshow. And uh, in some, for some people, that's exactly what the church is. It's a sideshow to something else that's more important. And uh, in any wedding, and the scriptural language of the wedding of Jesus and his church is absolutely plain, absolutely clear, and absolutely powerful, is Jesus is coming back for his bride. We see in Revelation, we're going to touch on the scripture a little bit later, the wedding of the Lamb has come. And so I want to say this, the focus in all of this has to be on the bridegroom, Jesus, and the bride, his church, not on one of the bridesmaids. And um, we'll see that a little bit more as we go along. I want to say this, that if we see the church as the bridesmaid, then it's a distraction. And uh, anything that distracts us from the bride and the bridegroom is absolutely just that, a distraction. Anything that takes our attention off that. I want to say this, friends. This, the Bible is not a soap opera. Um, the Bible is not telenovelas. Jesus is not coming back to run off with one of the bridegrooms. As ridiculous as that sounds. We have a groom in Jesus Christ who is faithful and true and he has been preparing his bride and waiting and longing for this time to be together with his bride since the beginning of time i'm always reminded of a, of a wedding of a friend of mine that i attended and uh, there was a bit of a backstory which we won't go into for now but this guy had waited years and years and years to be married to to the love of his life high school sweetheart and um uh, as he was waiting up at the, at the front of the aisle, it was in this glorious old uh, vintage church. And as she came in the back, he started sobbing. I'm not talking about like just like a few little, <laughs> I'm talking about like ugly crying in this anticipation of his bride coming. And for me, it's been such an incredible picture over years 
of Jesus waiting and longing and anticipating the wedding of his bride, the church, to himself, our incredible groom. I'm going to read two scriptures for you real quick this morning. Ephesians 5, 25 to 27 says this, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And so even in this, even language in that of how much Jesus loves the church and an exhortation and an encouragement to us as husbands to love our wives in exactly the same way. He gave, her, he gave himself up for her. Again, there's nothing else that Jesus has given himself up for other than the church. To make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. What a beautiful, incredibly powerful picture of the church we have there. And then we see in Revelation 19, this incredible celebration of the Lamb and His bride. Revelation 19 verse 6. And then I heard what sounded like a great multitude. That's the church. This great multitude. Like the roar of rushing water. Like loud peals of thunder shouting hallelujah. For the Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come and the bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. And I want to tell you, friends, we just can look at the parallels between those two scriptures real quick. In these two scriptures, we see a divine partnership between us and the Lord. In Ephesians 5, it speaks about what Jesus is doing, washing with the word, giving himself up for the church, all of these things. And then in Revelation verse 19, we saw this, his bride has made herself ready. And so this divine partnership between what, what Jesus is doing for the church and what is expected of the church to be doing in preparation for the return of Jesus Christ. The bride has made herself ready. And uh, I love the, the, the book of Song of Songs. Um, I think sometimes people take it a little bit out of context. But for me, when you read that book, there's just this longing for this intimacy between the bridegroom and his bride. He calls her his beloved. And I want to tell you, friends, that's, I'm convinced it's a picture of Jesus and his church. And Jesus looking down on his church and saying, my beloved, I can't wait, can't wait to be with you. What a glorious task we have. What a glorious inheritance and what a glorious future we have in Christ. As I've said throughout this time, friends, I believe there's a reset coming, a reevaluation of values. And, and after a month of lockdown, um, and conversations with various people, I think some of those things have happened. There's been a reevaluation, and in some way, COVID-19 has forced this on us. It's stripped away many of the distractions. Uh, just to think of two major distractions in our day, entertainment and sport took up so much of our time, and yet these things have been stripped away. But I want to say this, friends, as we begin to pray and strategize, and we absolutely are, along with the elders, beginning to pray and strategize uh, what does it look like when Redemption City Church gets back together? I want to tell you, friends, there's a, there's a season for us to do a reset. There's a season for us to reevaluate what we do and reevaluate how we do it. And so how does this bride make herself ready? Number one, just two quick points as we land. Number one, by ensuring that we are preparing her for another. This is not about personal preferences. It's not about what pleases me or you. Or the elders, it's not about what pleases anybody else. 2 Corinthians 5.9, we quote it again and again and again. 
we make it our goal to please him and that him absolutely 100% is Jesus. It's not a man, a leader, a pastor or anybody else other than Jesus. As a pastor, I've been asked to perform over the years, over nearly 30 years of ministry, many, many weddings. And there have been many occasions where people have asked me to do stuff that I'm like, eh, uh, I don't know if I would do it that way. But guess what? I mean, I'm, and I'm not talking about outside the bounds of Scripture. I'm just talking about, like, gee, the way you would do it or how you would do it or something you've added in. or And I'm like, that's not the way that I would choose to do it. But guess what? It's not my wedding. And we've got to remember that when it comes to the church and us preparing the church, it's not about me and it's not about my wedding. And I'm not going to be the main show. Neither are you. Neither is anybody else. Jesus and his bride are going to be the absolute central focus of this wedding to come. So I did those things, whether they pleased me or not, because I know they pleased the people that were in the wedding. The groom requested something. The bride requested something. That's fine. Again, not outside of the bounds of Scripture, but simply saying this is not about me. This is not my moment to shine. This is the moment for the bride and the bridegroom to be center stage. It's a good thing when we're looking at the church. It's a good thing to remember when we're looking at the church, when we're preparing for another. I have a ton of people in my ear all the time about how we should be doing this or that, how we shouldn't be doing this or that, or how we should do it in this different way. We don't like this, or you're not doing a good job of that. All the time, truthfully, friends, I'm preparing a bride for another. Not about my personal preference, not about what I desire here, but about what Jesus desires. And so again, friends, as we go to a reset, let's go back to the scriptures. Let's go back again and again and again to the scriptures. And I want to promise you, friends, I, along with the eldership team, are focused on preparing the bride for another, preparing the bride for Jesus Christ. Revelation 21 verse 1 says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and earth had passed away. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband, Jesus. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now amongst the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and will be their God. What an incredible picture that is, friends. But just to pick up on two quick points there real quick. Again, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed. And then this, I heard a loud voice come from heaven. That's not a man's voice. It's not a man's voice. A loud voice come from heaven. Some translations say loud voice from the throne saying, look. God's dwelling place is now with man. That final culmination, that final climax of time, space, and eternity, where God comes back for his bride, his church, and now it says he himself will be with them and will be their God. What an incredible, what an incredible picture that is. As the bride makes herself ready, a voice comes from the throne saying, look, what an incredible inheritance we have. What an incredible future we have, friends. And then simply number two, when it comes to us making ourselves ready by ensuring we are walking in ever-increasing righteousness. I want to tell you, that's become a bad word in our, in our consumer culture, along with holiness, along with discipleship, along with self-discipline, along with sacrificial living. Those, those, those words don't play well in our culture. Uh, they don't play in our, in our cultural um, our individual uh, individualism, rampant individualism. 
uh, in our consumer culture, they don't play well. Uh, and we, we want to play in this realm that says, well, pander to me. Um, I've got to like it. I've got to love it. I've got to be pleased. It's all got to be about me. Let me tell you, friends, the scriptures does not evidence that not for one split second anywhere you can find. Those are some foundational words when it comes to the bride making herself ready. Holiness and righteousness. Revelation 19 verse 6 says this, Hallelujah, for the Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come and His bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. And the fine linen, the Bible tells us, stands for the righteous acts of God's people. And we always say the best commentary on Scripture is Scripture itself. Fine linen was given her to wear. And that fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's people. Fine linen, bright and clean. This is a hard season for many of us. Um, I've spoken to pastors around the world, but spoken to many of you, many people in, um, at Redemption City, that call Redemption City Church home. And it's a difficult season with us not being able to connect and us not being able to meet and, and uh, even our connect groups and uh, Zoom meetings and Zoom eldership meetings and Zoom deacons meetings and, and Zoom everything. And it's like, it's just not quite the same. It's been a difficult, difficult time. But I also believe, friends, it's a season of grace. It's a season of grace for us to reevaluate some things, for us to deal with some lingering sin. Fine linen, bright and clean, the righteous acts of the, sin, of the saints. Not just the blatant sin. And we all know what those are. Not just the blatant sin, but also holding unforgiveness towards each other. Holding things in our heart, a shadow in our heart towards this person or that person. Disunity or grumbling or trying to get our own way or pulling back when we don't get our own way. These, these are not, that's not how the bride makes herself ready, friends. But I want to say this, there's a season of grace for us to take care of these things. And if we can do that, friends, if we can take advantage of the season, then we are about making ourselves ready. And when we get back together, when Redemption City Church finally can gather back up together, our worship, our prayer, and our fellowship will be sweeter than ever if we can get some of these things dealt with. We love you, Redemption City Church. We're praying for you. Please reach out, pray at redemptioncitychurch.com if you have any prayer needs. Also, if you have any physical needs, even financial, RCC, RCC cares at redemptioncitychurch.com. Reach out. We're standing ready to help wherever we can. Father, we love you. We bless you. Thank you for Redemption City Church. Thank you for the church, Lord. Thank you for our amazing bridegroom jesus thank you that he is faithful and true thank you that he is right now seated at the right hand of the father doing everything he can to prepare his church for that great incredible wedding day we pray for ourselves father pray that we would be able to do what it is necessary to make ourselves ready to make the adjustments to do whatever it is that we can do to make ourselves ready we don't want to hinder this for one split second. Not that we could, but we don't want to hinder it. We want to be ready when Jesus comes. We want to be ready wearing those fine linens, righteous acts. And so, Father, I just I pray for my hearers this morning, Lord. Would you lead them? Would you guide them? Would you strengthen them? Would you encourage them? Would you lift them up in this time, Father? Mostly, Father, would you help us to make the most of this season? Make the most of this season, Lord. So that truthfully, when we do get back together again, our fellowship, our worship, our prayer, our unity 
would be sweeter and sweeter and sweeter than ever before. We give you honor and glory, Father. Do all of these things in the way that you and you alone receive the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.